0: Wild wisdom is instinctive knowledge in action. Thanks for making this part of your day. Have you heard that there might be a problem with mercury contamination of our fish and that eating it could be harming our health? Well, I'm going to be covering this and more, including how to detoxify mercury, on today's Wild Wisdom show. Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Mills. I'm your host. I'm a medical doctor with a different spin on health, and I love taking complicated information and breaking it down into easy to understand information and actionable strategies that you can start implementing right away for immediate results. And today we're going to be talking about mercury in fish. Should you be worried? Which fish should you be avoiding? And how to effectively detoxify? mercury from your body and this was a super interesting topic uh, for me to dive into i uh, spent hours (laughs) looking at the research and i'm happy to say that there are ways to eat fish safely and that you do have to take Mercury into consideration, and I'm going to teach you how. So if you're joining me live uh, from my private Facebook group, that's free for women, uh, Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, feel free to put in your name, uh, you know where you're calling in from, and ask your questions. That's the benefit of joining live, and I love to answer your questions for you. So we need to talk about this. A very important topic because fish contain very healthful nutrients, including omega-3 fatty acids. And some people might say, well, if there's a concern with mercury in fish, why don't we just supplement with omega-3? And uh, the answer to that is while supplementation with omega-3 may be necessary uh, to achieve certain doses of omega-3 in um, health conditions that I covered in my last Wild Wisdom episode, where You can't possibly get enough omega-3 from fish to get those target doses uh, to treat things like, you know, prevent a second heart attack, rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory conditions. Uh, The reality is that fish contain a lot of nutrients other than omega-3 that are known to be extremely beneficial for your health, like astaxanthin. And these are molecules that, um, you know, will not be present in a supplement. And astaxanthin is one of the molecules that have been studied, but there could be many more. And not eating fish could deprive you of these nutrients. So I think it is important to do a mixed, you know, foods first approach plus supplementation if necessary. Um, and we need to cover how to eat fish safely. And one thing that we need to address is is mercury present in fish in potentially harmful amounts to humans. Because if the answer is no, then you know, just go ahead and eat fish and don't worry about it. However, unfortunately, the, infer- the answer is yes. And so we're going to go deep into this topic. First, we need to talk about what kinds of mercury are in the environment that we should be worried about. And mercury exists in the environment in three forms. There's elemental or liquid mercury, inorganic mercury, and organic mercury, also known as mercury. So, The liquid mercury is the kind that is like, you know, that silver liquid that you would see in a thermometer. It's also the kind that's put into silver fillings. So dental amalgams, which are actually about 45% liquid mercury and and about 50% silver and then a combination of other other metals. Uh, Inorganic mercury is the pollutant um, that from like coal burning and that kind of thing and organic mercury is the kind that you find in fish so the methyl it's called methyl mercury and the question is why are we finding it in fish now is you know is it natural to be found in fish is it environmental pollution and unfortunately most of it is environmental pollution and a lot of it right now is being released into the atmosphere by coal-fired electric power plants as well as municipal and medical waste incinerators. So um, strangely enough, if you have people with dental fillings uh, and they are incinerated, that does that off gases into the environment as well. Not to say that that's a big source, but uh, that is, for example, one of the sources. And when that, uh, you know, inorganic mercury uh, gets into biology into the water. It's transformed through a bacterial process in plankton. So plankton are like the you know the the um, algae of the the oceans, and they actually when they are exposed to mercury from contaminated water, they transform the inorganic mercury into organic mercury, the organic methyl mercury. And unfortunately, the mercury bioaccumulates up the food chain. So when the krill uh, or the fish eat the plankton, uh, they concentrate the mercury in their tissues. And then when we eat the fish, we concentrate the mercury in in our tissues because we eat a lot of, you know, we eat more than one fish. So we're going to have more than one fish's amount in our body. Okay. So we are, unfortunately, one of the highest up the food chain. So we are one of the species that has the most bioaccumulation of methylmercury in our bodies. And the thing, though, is that whether or not that causes damage to your tissues from that exposure depends on when you are exposed. So the timing of the exposure, like if you are exposed in utero in your mama's belly versus later, you know, as a child versus later in life. The dose to which you're exposed, so, you know, if you have a massive sudden exposure is different than having like a little bit of, you know, a little bit of exposure, or if you have a certain duration of exposure. So if you eat a little bit of, of mercury containing food for a short period of time, that's not as problematic as if you're eating it day in and day out for many years. The second factor is your body's ability to detoxify mercury, and partly that's genetic, but there's actually a strong component of um, detoxification systems like the state of your detoxification system and how that's impacted by various factors. So we are going to be going over what you need to do to support your natural detoxification of mercury. And then there's other factors that Um, affect your body's um, you know how your body responds to the exposure of mercury and that's things like selenium the mineral selenium status in your body how much selenium you have in your body and we're going to be talking about that as well and at the very end I'm going to share with you one supplement that actually has been studied in humans and shown to help detoxify mercury and it's not selenium so we're going to be talking about that at the very end, so stick around for that very important information. So let's talk about the, the timing, You know, the, when you are exposed to mercury and how that might affect you. So unfortunately, research has clearly shown that when a pregnant mother has uh, mercury exposure or has mercury in the body, and when I say mercury now, I'm going to be talking about methylmercury, the organic kind that we find in fish it does cross the placental barrier. So what that means is that the mercury gets into um, the tissues of the baby and into the baby. So mercury has been found in utero in the baby, in children, and in adults through these different mechanisms of either through the placenta or through ingesting it through your food. And the problem with uh, exposure of mercury in utero is that mercury – Methyl mercury likes to go into a few different kinds of tissues preferentially. So it likes to go into the red blood cells, which are what transport oxygen around your body, and it likes to go into the kidneys and into the brain. So uh, you know it can affect your abilities, your body's ability to transport oxygen, which is not good. It can actually cause kidney damage and hypertension as a result. But when it gets into the brain, it can cause ner- central nervous system damage. It can cause damage to the brain and it has been linked to birth defects, neurological problems, and developmental delays in children who have been exposed to it in utero while in the mama's belly. And unfortunately, fetuses are the most vulnerable because studies have shown that uh, when you take a cord, uh, you know, the cord blood, the blood that that is going into the fetus and, and feeding the baby, you know, the fetus, they are twice as concentrated as maternal blood levels for mercury. So we don't know why that happens. Uh, we do know that the mother's body um, preferentially feeds the baby with what with the minerals that it has. So it could be that it's also pulling mercury into the fetus in that way. So that is a problem, and we need to pay attention to that. Again, remember, I'm going to be teaching you which fish are the best to eat and how to support your body's natural detoxification systems because. What you need to understand is that there is almost no way to avoid methylmercury exposure the way that our food um, supply has been affected. So it's not about um, becoming restrictive in your diet and cutting out things like fish. It's about choosing um, the lowest content mercury fish and supporting your body's natural ability to detoxify. So we're gonna be talking about that. And then we talked about duration. So, you know, in utero, it's a short-term exposure, but it's a very highly vulnerable time. And as an adult, as a child and as an adult, unfortunately, the longer that you're exposed to it, so even low dose exposure over a long period of time, so eating low doses present in fish over long periods of time can cause an impairment in vision, so your ability to see properly, in your speech, in your walking, in your hearing it can affect coordination of the hands and the legs, and it can cause a pins and needles sensation. And, you know, in some people, it actually causes rashes and dermatitis. There's many different manifestations, but this is the manifestation of it in the brain. Um, and extreme exposures, of course, can lead to death. So that would be like, as I mentioned, like a sudden poisoning with mercury, a very high exposure. Um, and which is why if a thermometer breaks on a ward like when I was working in the hospital and when we used to have these old-fashioned thermometers with the liquid mercury if a thermometer broke the whole ward had to be cleared out in order for that to be um, cleaned up because you could inhale that it's actually the inhalation of liquid mercury that's an issue and um, that could be extremely poisonous like immediately damaging. So the dose, uh, the amount of the, how much you're exposed to in a sudden period of time, short period of time matters. So, in terms of the methyl mercury in our fish, we have to learn how to choose our fish wisely so that we get the benefits of eating fish and minimizing the harms. And the thing that you have to understand um, for pregnant mothers is that research has shown that omega three fatty acids and other, you know, uh, other components of fish are extremely important for building a healthy baby. And in fact, most women are not taking in enough omega-3 fatty acids to, to support the healthy development of a fetus. So it really is important to learn how to combine a foods first approach, you know, choosing your fish wisely, and potentially actually also supplementing with omega three fatty acids. So I will put in the show notes link if you're catching this on uh, on YouTube or on podcasts, I'll put a link um, to my full script account where I share my favorite omega 3 fatty acids um, that are good quality, clean, no funny ingredients that you don't want, ad- want added in there. But I just want you to recognize that I do not recommend getting all of your omega 3s just from supplements because you could be missing out on these other health promoting nutrients like the astaxanthin. So the amount of methylmercury in fish varies by location. And this is a study uh, done on, um, you know, North American fish, commercial seafood, and where they, this was published in 2012. And they took a variety of fish from different, you know, from the uh, East Coast and the West Coast and farmed fish, wild fish, and they analyzed all the different kinds of fish. And it was this very large table with a lot of information. And they looked at the, the how much mercury in terms of what's called parts per million, um, and so, what they found is that the lowest levels of methylmercury were found in the small, fatty fish. And so, these are fish that are small, they have a shorter life. Than the larger fish, they and because they're small, they don't actually eat other fish necessarily, and they don't eat a lot of them if they do. So they don't bioaccumulate mercury as much. That's the reason, one of the reasons why they have less mercury. And it's good that they're fatty because then they also have more omega three fatty acids. So it's kind of like the best combination where they have the lowest mercury and they have the highest omega three, um, and they have high omega three. So that was salmon, the small mackerel. Anchovies, sardines, and herring, and the acronym for this would be SMASH: S M A S H. So salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, and herring. They had the lowest uh, amount. And if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, I have the values here for so. For example, salmon was zero point zero four eight parts per million. Okay, versus the highest level of methylmercury were found in the larger predatory fish. So they're the they're the fish that grow bigger and they're eating more, they're, they're bioaccumulating uh, more mercury in their tissues by virtue of their diet and their size and their lifespan. And so tuna was 0.45. So whereas salmon was 0.045, tuna was 0.45 parts per million. So significantly higher amount. King mackerel, so the larger mackerel, there's small mackerel and large mackerel. So the larger mackerel was 1.101. Marlin was 1. 1.5. Shark was high, 0.882. Tilefish and trout. Trout was 0.344. I was very sad to hear this because I I love tuna. I love trout. And it's not to say that I'm never going to eat these fish again, but I certainly do not eat them with any amount of frequency. I might eat them when I'm at a restaurant, like a sushi restaurant um, or a very nice restaurant where there's a delicious trout, you know, cooked uh, as an option on the menu. But I do not eat tuna at all at home. I don't buy it at home at all anymore. Um, and I don't buy trout either. So I never ate shark or marlin or, or mackerel to begin at or large mackerel to begin with. That's not a big change in my uh, habits. But as a result of this research, like no more tuna, which is sad. Um, but it is one of the ways to compromise instead of instead of not eating fish at all, to just not eat the ones with any frequency that have the high amounts of mercury. So then, it begs the question: How is mercury detoxified? So, if if it's if exposure is almost unavoidable, right? Um, how do we? And remember, like you may say, well, I'm not going to eat fish, but there's other animals that eat fish, and you eat those animals, and and it does get into the water, so it's getting into other things. So, um, you know, fish just happens to be a place where mercury has been very strongly identified, but doesn't mean it's not anywhere else in the environment. So, it's still important for you to understand how your body detoxifies the mercury that gets into it and how you can support that detoxification process as a result of us just being more exposed to it. Okay, so methyl mercury is mostly uh, detoxified through the liver. And what the liver does is it uses a bunch of building blocks like protein and uh, what's called polyphenols from plants so these are uh, nutrients found in plants that are not carbohydrates or protein and fat. They're non-nutrient molecules. They're phytonutrients. And actually, they're the things that provide the color to the plant. So the red colors and the blues and the yellows and the greens, those colors are actually molecules that are used by the liver to assist in detoxification processes. So the liver uses uh, uh, amino acids from protein and um polyphenols from plants and it takes the methylmercury and it puts it into the bile so the liver makes bile which it then puts into the gallbladder if you don't have a gallbladder don't worry it still makes the bile but instead of putting into the gallbladder it just drips it out Um, so it puts into the gallbladder and when you eat a fatty meal the gallbladder squeezes the bile gets out of the gallbladder into the gut uh, into the intestine, it mixes up with the poo that you you know in the intestine, so it gets pooped out. And not only is the pooping aspect important, but also what very fascinating research has shown that your um, another uh, factor in your digestive health that affects how your body is able to excrete that methyl mercury is your gut microbiome. So. Your gut microbiome are, is the collection of organisms that is supposed to be living in your gut made up of or, uh, bacteria, uh, viruses, fungus, protozoa, um, and they all collectively work together. When they are in good health, they work together to help your body do many things, including detoxify heavy metals like mercury. They also help detoxify estrogen when our body needs to get rid of the you know excess estrogen, many, many things. So. It's the gut microbiome is an important part of your detoxification, particularly through your gut. And research has shown that when you harm the gut microbiome with something like uh, an unnecessary antibiotic or even a necessary antibiotic, it can affect your body's ability to specifically excrete mercury. So there was a study done in 2023. So this is very recent in humans. That actually looked at the role of the gut microbiome in excreting methylmercury in humans and they compared it to mice and they and we have similar mechanisms as mice in excreting methylmercury and they found that in human participants who had been given antibiotics that that unfortunately you know does harm the gut microbiome they actually had a slowing down in the body's ability to excrete methylmercury so you know if you have this you know combination of You know, not enough pooping, so not at least one poop a day, not enough plants in your diet, not enough protein in your diet. You're on antibiotics, or if you've received antibiotics, or you're doing things unknowingly that hurt your gut microbiome, that's going to slow down your ability to detoxify mercury. And if you add on top of that eating high mercury content fish, you're going to run into problems potentially, right? So, what the liver needs to detoxify again is amino acids from protein, polyphenols from plants. And what the gut needs to detoxify is daily poops. So if you're not having a poop a day, that's not good. You need to have at least a poop a day. That's just, you know, period. That's my opinion. That's the opinion of a lot of doctors who are uh, interested in digestive health and the gut microbiome and, you know, holistic medical doctors like myself, they will all say that if you're not pooping once a day, that's something that needs to be fixed and needs to be focused and worked on until you get those daily poops. And you need a healthy gut microbiome, and I'm going to be covering how to support the health of your gut microbiome through things like food, you know, lifestyle, daily habits, supplements if necessary, um, over the next few shows of uh, the Wild Wisdom. And here's a factor that is very interesting because uh, when I was coming across research on fish and mercury, there were a few, um, you know, health professionals, and you find them on social media saying that. Well, we don't have to worry about the mercury in fish because fish have this mineral called selenium. Selenium is a mineral that is found in in food and it it is found in fish. And what these experts were saying is that uh, selenium helps detoxify mercury. Um, And so that selenium can bind to mercury and make it like less toxic and easier for the body to eliminate And it can also help um, reduce the damage done um, by mercury due to its antioxidant effects, which helps um, um, basically reduces the damage done by mercury to the tissues. Um, And the thing, though, is that when I dove into that research, uh, selenium is present in fish, but it helps primarily detoxify inorganic mercury. So we can also take in inorganic mercury, right, from the waterways, like all the pollution in the waterways. It's not, it's not just the plankton um, that can absorb it. We can too. Um, and selenium does help detoxify inorganic mercury, but it's not as good for the organic methyl mercury. So I don't think it's enough to say fish has selenium, and therefore don't worry about the mercury in fish. I think it is still important to look at reducing your exposure through choosing the low-mercury fish, the smash fish, supporting your systems of detoxification, as we have just talked about, and now I'm going to talk about a supplement that is proven to detoxify mercury in humans, and this study, when I came across it, was just so fascinating because I could not find a study showing that adding more selenium through supplements would be helpful, right? And that could be because of, you know, the study hasn't been done, right? Um, Or maybe I just couldn't find it. Maybe it exists, but I didn't find the research. But what I did find is that was the study done in 2019 in humans um, that was published. The title was very, very long. So for those of you who are interested in finding the study and you want to go into PubMed online and type in the PubMed ID, which is 31014007. So three one zero one four zero zero seven, and basically what the study did was it gave um, humans who had dental amalgam, so silver fillings, and documented levels of mercury in their body. And they took a control group that did not have silver fillings, and when they did the analysis, they had much lo- lower levels of mercury in their body, and they gave both groups uh, 90 days uh, supplementation with chlorella, plus uh, supplements with amino acids and polyphenols. So instead of a foods first approach, they did a supplement approach. Um, Specifically, it was the amino acid taurine and this complex of um, plant extracts that they gave. So there was three different supplements, the chlorella, the taurine and the plant extracts. And what they found is that uh, when you gave this to the humans over 90 days, that the chlorella detoxification was significantly that mercury detoxification was significantly improved. And mercury is detoxified not just through our gut, but through our hair, through our pee, um, and they found that that all improved. So in summary, if you want to um, really support your body in, in being alive during this time and age in, in our history... Right, so this is not a concern a hundred years ago, necessarily this is this concern has come up because of industrialization, and so it's something that you can either you know there's two approaches to this. you can either do the ostrich method approach, which is you bury your head in the sand and you pretend like nothing's happening, and just you know I hope for the best uh, or you can take the second method, which is to choose low mercury fish, the smash fish, remember. Salmon, mackerel, the small mackerel, anchovy, anchovy, sardines, and herring. Eat enough protein and plants and plants, right? Have daily poops, support your gut microbiome, and consider supplementing with a chlorella. And again, in the show notes, I'll put a link to the full script um, platform where I have my favorite chlorella supplements there. Um, and that just makes it easier for you to shop. You can use, either use it as a shopping list. You don't have to buy it through Fullscript. You can just take that recommendation and go to your local health food store and buy it through there. Or you can purchase through Fullscript. Um, that's, a, that's an option for you as well. And it delivers to your home. So, um, and the thing that I just want to add in here is that I buy, I eat smashed fish every day. Um, and the other consideration that I, I have is buying it without being bathed in vegetable seed oil. So a couple of episodes ago, I went into which which fats you should and shouldn't eat. And what I noticed is that a lot of our canned fish, like the herring and the sardines and the mackerel uh, and canned salmon, a lot of them are canned in seed oils like um, sunflower oil. And I think that that could be potentially compromising your health. And so I look for the ones that are canned in either olive oil or in brine, which is water and salt. And so that way you are really minimizing your exposure to anything that could be potentially harmful. And if you are not aware of the potential harms of too much exposure to seed oils uh, uh, from things like sunflower, corn, canola, um, safflower, definitely go back and check that out. If you're watching this on YouTube, it's the playlist. uh, healthy oils or the nutrition playlist, check that out. And that's where you're going to find those episodes. So what I want you to know is that in the next few shows in the uh, of wild wisdom, I'm going to be focusing on the gut microbiome, we're going to go deep into what it is, um, how you can support it, things that you are doing to unknowingly harm your gut microbiome, and how uh, um you know, harming your gut microbiome not only impacts your ability to detoxify but also causes inflammation in the gut and inflammation in the body and can manifest in many different diseases and it m- is probably explaining, at least to a certain extent some of the concerns that you're experiencing with your health or that you're seeing in your loved ones. So I hope you found this useful and I look forward to seeing you in the next few uh, shows. Next week, uh, I'm not i don't have a show. If you're catching this live next week, I don't have a show because I'm doing a free four-day challenge. Um, so I'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks' time. Otherwise, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, your night. Please feel free to share this episode with other with loved ones because sharing is caring. And if you're, you know, listening to this on um, on your, um, you know, your favorite platform for you uh, for podcasts. Uh, feel free to leave a review. That is the best free way to support this work. And I appreciate you for doing that. Thank you and have a great rest of your day. Bye.
1: Hi everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for a professional care doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help in your journey, it is important that you seek out a qualified health practitioner. If you would like to work with Dr. Patricia for her expert health transformation guidance, please email her at info.com at drpatriciamills.com to book a discovery call. You can also find Dr. Patricia on Instagram at Dr. Patricia Mills and Facebook at Wild Wisdom for Women with Dr. Patricia Mills, MD. For access to all of Dr. Patricia's educational videos and more amazing perks, consider becoming a Patreon member. Links are in the description of this episode. It is important to have an expert in your corner that can help you make the changes you crave, especially when it comes to your health.